When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So my co-host, who is not to be named, cannot join us for today's Shitcoin Insider. He was on a covert operation all night long and needs his beauty sleep. But we do have the knowledgeable, the hilarious, the king of ETH trolls, Udi Vertimer, to break down everything about the recent intentionally unintentional hard fork, those other hard forks, the coin lockup for 2.0 phase zero, and everything else about Ethereum. This is episode 3 of Shitcoin Insider. Move fast and break Ethereum. Bitcoin maximalists trying to make sense of the sea of shitcoins. This is Shitcoin Insider. Well, this is Shitcoin Insider. So, you know, this is kind of like, I try to be like really nice and like sweet to uh, shitcoiners and altcoiners and all that stuff most of the time. Uh, So this is my guilty pleasure. This is where we just rip them a new one (laughs) and uh, have fun. So uh, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. And it was awesome meeting you also at uh, Bitblock Boom, by the way. It was. It was. It's a pleasure to be here too. I find it. I, I had no idea that it was. Uh, I actually recognized you from your uh, your before it was deleted Twitter handle or your Twitter picture. <laughs> oh, you, did you? Yeah, yeah. Usually, I can't tell. Well, you mean you had your sunglasses on, and you were the only one there with sunglasses on because it was dark, and so like that was that like really like stood out, right? And everybody else is a cartoon character, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's easier to recognize, I guess. If yeah, with my sunglasses on, it's easier to recognize. So you're uh, you're a big pro Ethereum dude, um, as I hear, and uh, I am. You no, know, you know what's going on with all this all this mess. There's some Ethereum two, and then I think there's like Ethereum one point four and like one point five that has just like <laughs> broke off, and they're doing they're doing their thing. And I don't know, I don't know where we are right now in this space, but I want to get a, I want to get an overview of, uh, for anybody who's, let's say, let's assume somebody who's listening to this is just starting to dabble in shit coins, and you know they're just, they're just getting their hands dirty, and uh, oh, what the hell is Ethereum? <laughs> oh wow, this is, this is a tough question. This is a tough question. So there are two answers for this. There are the, you know, the things that Ethereum people say that Ethereum is. And then there's what Ethereum actually is. And it's not very similar. It's not really, <laughs> it's really two different explanations. What's, um, the, what's, the, high, what's the marketing going to be? What, what are the Ethereum people going to say? Right. So I guess, the, I guess the, the hype for Ethereum would be, one, there's the whole world computer uh, thing that... I don't know, like it seems like official Ethereum people don't like that meme anymore, but I think that everyone else still uses it, mm-hmm. um, which means, what does it mean to be a world computer? Uh, I guess they would say that it's 
you know, it's a thing that runs programs and, and everyone can run the programs. I don't even know what that means exactly. Like, the, you know, people would say, well, Ethereum is an uncensorable computer. There are two problems with that. One is that it's not uncensorable because we know that things have been censored on Ethereum. The other is that like everything is an uncensorable computer, <clears throat> sorry, an uncensorable computer. Like if you're gonna buy a, an iPhone and you put it in your pocket, then you can do whatever you want with your iPhone. <laughs> so <laughs> if it, it's yours. Do you, you're gonna you buy need it. a different, do you need somebody else's <laughs> computer to do that? Yeah, like what's the, what, what's going on? And your iPhone is like a billion times faster than Ethereum too, and it's cheaper. So what, <laughs> like, what's going on? So I don't find the world computer uh, or uncensorable computer explanation to be very good. Um, I think, so the way I like to look at it, which is, let's say it's the less, less um, confrontational way to look at it, I think, is that Bitcoin is um, a digital asset first. It's, it's um, I think most of us see it as a form of harder money. And the, the blockchain for Bitcoin exists in order to allow Bitcoin to exist. It's an implementation detail. It's something that is necessary to make Bitcoin work. It's not the point, though. Yeah. Um, we actually don't even like it very much because it's slow and it's ineffective. And, but it is what it is. Um, that's the best way, way we found. It's not going to work yeah, it's without it. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Ethereum kind of flips the script. With Ethereum, they have their token, which is Ether, but the token Ether is only existing in order to allow the blockchain to exist. So they see the blockchain as this big promise that will enable big things. Um, they're not exactly sure why yet. <laughs> what yet? Like what? What's what is it going to enable? It's only been five years. Maybe they'll figure it out. Um, but um, but the, the ETH token, really, the reason that it exists is to allow the blockchain to function. So it's kind of, it's kind of the other way around there. And, um, and that's why, you know, if you're gonna ask ETH people like what the ETH supply is, they, they wouldn't know and they don't care because <laughs> ETH is, is an implementation detail for them. They don't care about the, the asset itself too much. It's there because it's needed in order for the blockchain to work. That's at least the, the narrative. Um, so I think that's the big difference between the two. Um, now, what can you actually do with it? It's like, you know, it seems like they keep their, you know, every, each year or so, some experiment pops up and is heralded as the next big thing and then abandoned the next year. Um, <laughs> so that's basically what's, I don't know, that's what's going on right now. Like right now you have like the whole DeFi thing which, mm -hmm. which is also like a word that I, I, I don't even know how to explain what it is. What is DeFi? Like everything seems to be DeFi. What's that's not what DeFi? That's the question that I want to know. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> what we did in our first episode. And, and it's funny, like the, the, all the innovation on Ethereum, I, I swear I can't, everything that I hear about and that somebody tells me is like the next like really, really big thing. Every time I look into it, it's just a new way to print a new token. Yeah. Like it's just a different box with fresh <laughs> token printing in it. Like it's, it seems like that every single time, like I keep thinking like somebody's probably building something interesting on top of it. Like what is being built on it is basically, uh, it should be agnostic to Ethereum in, in a general sense. Like something interesting should be built over there. 
But every time somebody tells me there's a game changer, it's just a, it's just painting. <laughs> it's just painting some fresh ass token, a different color or putting bananas on it or some shit. And it just <laughs> blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And I think, you know, I think the smart traders or the smarter traders, um, they realize this, they know that they're not, you know, they're not, they're, they're not buying their own shitty narratives. They're just, they just know that, that you need a new story every once in a while. And if that sells the tokens, then that's fine. And I actually have some respect for those people because you know, they, they're not deluded, you know, they know, they know, they know what works, yeah. <laughs> they know what doesn't work, but, um, but there are so many people who just genuinely think that this is some, that Eric, it just so happens this this time is different, you know. It's <laughs> it, it's been the same thing for five years straight to no fail, but this time is different. This this is really going to take over the world. You know, people are saying, well, people in Wall Street are are, are afraid because DeFi isn't going to put them out of their job. But like, come on, dude, come on, be serious. It's a game. It's a game. You you have names like Sushi and Yam. Come on, dude. It's a game. It's fine. Games are fun. And the you can make are money with down the stock market. Yeah, <laughs> like you can't, you can't be serious. Oh, no, I don't think they're afraid, dude. I think, I think they're doing fine. Some of them are taking you. So that's true. That is true. <laughs> I bet there are a lot of them coming in here, being like, "This is like the easiest, least regulated penny stock environment I have ever been in." They literally yeah. are selling yams. They're, they're selling digital <laughs> points and calling them yams. And the price just went up 300, 300x. Uh, this is going to be the easiest <laughs> trade of my entire life. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then, you know, the, the next week, the, the whole thing collapses, like drops 98%. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's fine. That's the, it's fine. We always knew. <laughs> That's how it was gonna happen. It's, it was always planned. It's okay. That's how. <laughs> that's how the. You know. That's how gasoline takes over the steam engine. It goes. It goes really high and then collapses completely. Yeah. Oh, that analogy. So I think you know you just need to you take it in the right context. If it's you know if you're into Ponzi schemes and you want to play this game, then it's fine. It's totally fine. It's the best game in town. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> um, but uh, don't don't go into that expecting to be. Um, the next JP Morgan is probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you one could argue JP Morgan doesn't do a whole lot different these days. Well, true, true. Yeah. That's usually that's usually that's the thing. You know, you you're gonna you're gonna get into this argument with a DeFi person, and eventually that's what they're gonna say you're, because you're gonna tell them, well, the whole thing is a Ponzi scheme, and they're gonna say, well, isn't the banking <laughs> Isn't the banking system a Ponzi scheme? Well, okay, fine. Like, oh, so shit, are you... you got me cornered. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, it seems like we were in agreement then. Yeah. <laughs> so... Son of yeah. a bitch, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. ETH has been making some waves recently. Uh, the whole world computer thing fell apart. I guess that, that really kind of fell apart like a couple of years ago when, when everybody realized that it cost 10 times as much to do like normal computation and you had to do everybody's computation just to do yours. Um, yeah. 
which was uh, just seems like a really bad idea for a computer. Well, you're in the 1% for, for, for realizing that. I think most people don't even, <laughs> that doesn't even click. <laughs> and so we've been hearing about, when did ETH 2.0 start? You know, because like, you know, ETH 1 we know is not going to work, but, but luckily they're, they're moving to ETH 2. Right. How so, going on? So this is actually, this is amazing. So if you remember, I think ETH topped in late 2017, mm -hmm. um, depending if you're looking at the dollar price or the BTC price. If you're looking at the BTC price, it actually topped before. But um, 2018, um, you know, didn't look great for, honestly, for anyone in cryptocurrencies, but especially for ETH people, because it just, it just collapsed and all of the narratives collapsed and it was a pretty bad year. Um, and what they did is, so they, every year they have the DevCon conference, which is a, an, an official Ethereum Foundation conference in, in I don't know, wherever. Yeah. And in the 2018 one, Vitalik went on stage and he announced Ethereum 2.0. Um, that was the keynote thing. And he described many ideas and you know he didn't give a firm date but you know he said they're pretty close that it's the culmination of research that they've been doing for a long time since ethereum started basically that's so the you know the, the the narrative is that since day one they always said that they will need to do significant upgrades and changes to the way ethereum works with things like proof of stake and sharding and whatever and and there was research going on really since day one and they're saying you know we we figured it out we just the whole it's really just about coding it up now and we have some of that ready too so it's you know it's going to be a few months of effort two weeks, <laughs> TM, two weeks. <laughs> i don't i don't recall if vitalik actually named i don't think he named any any date but um okay but then all of the other ethereum foundation developers um who were there have a lot of media interviews in there. You can look them up in YouTube. It's pretty funny. You can see them talking about, yeah, probably by the end of 2018, we're going to have Ethereum 2.0 launch. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was that was cute. And uh, <laughs> we're now at the end of 2020. And actually, so um, it's funny because it's really hard to say what does so. Okay, so Ethereum 2.0 is pretty complex. And they realize that it's complete. So it's basically a complete restart of the whole thing. It's completely rebuilding the whole thing from scratch. Um, and, and they realize that this is a pretty Herculean task. So they have it um, done in stages. And there are, I guess, three main stages. And the first one um, they call phase zero which is which is basically nothing <laughs> so the, the phase zero is completely unusable like there's there's literally nothing you can do with it nothing and the idea is you're going to take your eth coins and you're going to lock them up in a special contract that will not let you take them out of the contract so they're stuck there basically forever <laughs> and and um and you're going to start running a parallel network that um takes those coins from the old uh, contract and basically gives you staking rewards based on the number of coins you locked. 
but you can't move them. <laughs> so you get somewhere there's going to be a number that it's that's increasing for you, but you can't you can't move them for any reason. You can't so, send them to anyone. You can't use smart contracts. You can't do anything. So it's kind of like a one-way peg. Like they're basically doing a proof of burn sort of to a yep. new network. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, that sounds risky so, with that's, Ethereum's contract history. Just well, <laughs> I mean, the, I think the main risk is like who, the the idea is that in the next steps that that are probably going to take years, um, but in the next steps you're going to be allowed to move those coins eventually, the new coins that you buy. Okay. Um, but the risk is like, true. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but who who says who's who's to say that it ever even happens? Because remember, phase zero was supposed to happen in 2018, and um, we're in 2020. Now, arguably, so some people might have heard that Ethereum 2.0 launched recently, but that's not accurate. Like, first of all, they're talking about the the phase zero thing, which is completely non-functional. But even that didn't actually launch because they have this. Um, they have this threshold. It has to reach a number of coins that's that's burnt in order for the thing to actually start. And I think they're at about 10% of the threshold right now. Hey. So, yeah, it's nowhere near. Wait, what happens nowhere near if, being, if they don't if they don't get to 100%? What happens to those other coins? So that's a good that's a good question. I'm not sure. Like, what happens if you you, you let's say you're one of those ten percent and you deposited those coins and or locked those coins in this contract and the contract is designed to not let the coins out, and what happens if they never reach the <laughs> they never reach the one hundred percent? I don't know. It's a good question. Do you, are you locked out of your coins forever? I don't know. I guess what they could do is. I mean, the plan is that eventually, when when the phase one thing occurs or the phase two thing occurs, they're gonna fork Ethereum one to allow coins to come back. That would okay. require a fork. Um, so I guess what they could do is just do a fork to cancel Ethereum 2.0 if, if it gets to that, if like no one shows any interest. Well, I, I don't think that's actually likely, but um, because, you know, worst case scenario, just Vitaly can deposit it himself. I'm <laughs> sure he has enough to be flying around. That's, that's true. You can't fill in the gap. Don't want to lose. Don't want to lose my ten percent. So I'll just I'll just do the rest <laughs> of them. Um, so, so okay. So Ethereum right now is basically proof of work, uh, GPU heavy proof of work network. Um, not a whole lot unlike Bitcoin with just a much much larger scripting system, right? Like that's essentially what we're what we're at right now. Kind oh, of. I'm. I'm not sure about the GPU ass. part. Uh, I. I honestly don't know, but I'm not sure. It's. I, I. I think there may be some ASICs involved. I don't know. Okay. I'm. I'm, I'm sure yeah. somebody's made an ASIC by now. I haven't really kept up with it. Um. But uh. So what is in ETH 2.0 that really changes how Ethereum works? Like, what's the supposed magic sauce that's supposed to fix everything? Okay, so first of all, everything is subject to change, <laughs> but because it literally doesn't exist yet. But <laughs> but the um, the idea is so the I guess the two big changes are probably proof of stake and um, and sharding. So proof of stake means um, 
Well, it's not, it's not a full transition at this point. There's still the proof of war going on, but there's also proof of stake, which means that everyone can run the staking node and, and they have this whole system for generating blocks and they have this whole, well, it's, it's a complex thing of how it works, but like, it's not the, the, the proof of, it's not your, your grandfather proof of stake. It's not, yeah. it's not what we used to talk about a few years ago, they, they really made it um, complex, like Ethereum people may do. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you stake some coins, you validate some blocks, and if you don't cheat, you're going to get some coins. So that's extra inflation. So actually what's going on right now is that the inflation is going to increase um, because right now, because the, the mining rewards are not going down. They're staying the same. Mm-hmm. But then there's always going to, they're also going to be staking um uh, inflation added on top. So, okay. So yeah. in the short term, they're actually just adding additional inflation. So they're yes. leaving the mining rewards and adding the staking rewards because everybody I ever debated with kept telling me about how the issuance was going to go down, but this is only if they complete all the way to phase whatever and full on go ETH too, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess, you, you could argue that if they don't complete the thing, then the then the staking rewards never actually come into effect. You could uh, argue that. That's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. But um, but assuming that eventually it does launch, um, then you're gonna have for this period of time, it's probably gonna be like two, three years at least that that you you're gonna have mining rewards and staking rewards at the same time. And for this period of time. The, the the inflation is bigger than it was um, basically a month ago. Yeah. So what? So it just hard forked like a couple of days ago, and yes. maybe maybe a week ago now. And this was not a well. No, maybe it was on purpose. See, I don't even know anymore. I don't. I don't know if. <laughs> This was part of the plan or what break down, break down what the hell just happened like four days ago, five days ago, whenever it was with the random ETH split. And is it still split? Is it still like, um, no, I I would say the situation is resolved, is resolved at this point, but, um, the, um, so, okay. So again, amazingly, it really depends on who you ask because there's a lot of new speak going on. Um, I was, I guess I'll try to describe first what happened before I gave my, I give my commentary on it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They kind of, um, so Ethereum has multiple implementations, right? The, Mm -hmm. there's one, um, probably the most popular one is called Geth or Geth, which is um, stands for Go Ethereum because it's built in Go, and it's kind of the official one as far as the official thing go. Um, it's so it's it's basically developed by the Ethereum Foundation, and I think it was the first one. Um, it was the first one that uh, was live, and. Um, and you also have a bunch of other ones. The there used to be parity, and parity was kind of dead because they stopped funding it. 
it wasn't the Ethereum Foundation, it was someone else. And then uh, someone else picked it up. They changed the name, I think, to Open Ethereum or whatever. So anyways, there are like, I don't know, there are probably like four or five different implementations. And Ethereum, have, unlike Bitcoin, yeah. Uh, did they hard fork to get all the, wasn't, was, wasn't a parity bug separate from the DAO? Did they actually hard fork to get all those coins out of parity? Um, they did not. The, they the did parody, not. The parity coins are still stuck. Oh, that's probably why that died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, well, yes. I, I mean, it depends again on who you asked, but if you ask me, then yes. Yeah. So there is a lot of animosity there, and I'm, I'm sure it's related. I can't um, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's okay. It's just $100 million. You know, the, the, the funny thing oh, is, is that all? They, yeah, they, they, you know, they did this ICO for Polkadot or whatever it was. And, and it was, you know, I, I think it was nine figures. And and then the majority, it wasn't 100 million. It was close to 100 million. And then, so the majority of it gets locked up forever. And they like, they do, they make this announcement. You know, it's it's a bummer. We hope we, <laughs> we hope we can pull this back somehow. But if not, it's fine. We have, you know, we have the funding we need. Polkadot is not in danger. He just, you know, we just, we just raised four times more than what we needed. It's all good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, so the project is okay, everybody. <laughs> I know this is your top concern. Just, we just lost like, you know, $50 million. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> We're moving on. Okay. So, but that, no, but that's not related at all to the recent bug. So there are multiple implementations and, and Ethereum, unlike Bitcoin, also has a spec specifications for how it's supposed to work. I guess there's this document. That, <laughs> I think I think they're referring to the yellow paper when they talk about the spec. I'm not sure. The Maybe yellow paper? Form of spec. Ooh, yeah, so bad. when... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> a yellow paper. Yeah. So when Ethereum started, when 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 Ethereum was uh, still in, uh, a little ICO um, and didn't launch yet, they had the white paper, which was <laughs> the white paper was for ordinary people, um, mm -hmm. quote ordinary people who could who which didn't have a ton of um, technical information, but actually um, it mm -hmm. was fairly unreadable on its own. <laughs> but like it was way more complex than the Bitcoin white paper. But then the yellow paper was like sort of a formal specification for it. I think it was it was dozens of pages, I believe, if I remember correctly. And I couldn't get past the first paragraph of it. It was completely oh, wow. Chinese to me. Um, but I, so I, I just think, can't get past yeah, that. I, I'm not sure if they're referring to that as the spec or if there's something more modern these days. I don't know. But anyways, there's something and. Um, and the implementations, I guess, are supposed to stick to the spec. Now, Bitcoin people will say, especially developers, especially protocol developers, will say that this is insane because, um, well, the, th the 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 thinking goes around Bitcoin. There's there's famously no spec in Bitcoin, and and mm -hmm. the, the thinking goes that like what, let's say you have an implementation and you have the spec, so then the bit the the, the Bitcoin implementation is found to have a bug then, well, is the spec wrong or is the implementation wrong? Because the, the, you know, the implementation is what people actually run and this is what actually shows you your balance and whatever. So mm. are you actually going to change if it's just, you know, if it's just a stupid bug, 
if it's nothing, you know, are you going to change the spec? Are you going to change the bug for everyone and then roll it back just because the spec says so? That's that seems that seems like a silly ordeal. And indeed, in Bitcoin, there are yeah, indeed, in Bitcoin, there are many of those bugs. Um, um, yeah, there are technical bugs related to multi-sig that and and a bunch of stuff that are like they don't matter. You walk around them, but if you had a spec, then <laughs> you would just all transactions past from the past will become uh, invalid because you just changed the, the the implementation to fit the spec. Yeah. Anyways, so it turns out that you know the 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 Go Ethereum. Um, implementation was out of sync with the spec in some way. There was some bug that existed in, in, in that implementation, but not in the, in the other ones. And that bug could have it, um, um, basically if some tr specific specifically constructed transaction would trigger the bug, then it might, have, might cause a split with the ones who actually process it correctly based on the spec. But the thing is that Go Ethereum is the most popular um, implementation. There are other ones, but hardly anyone uses them. So there's one that is used by maybe a small percentage of people and the rest are almost not used by anyone. So, so you could, so the, like the, 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 the stance of the Ethereum foundation is our implementation was not in sync with the spec, so we changed it to be in sync with the spec. And there's nothing to say about it. Basically, we just we just changed it, and that's it. And you should have updated. <laughs> that's it's your job to just update it. And they didn't, you know, they didn't say they didn't they changed it back to be um, like correct, but they didn't tell anyone for months. This is completely um, incompatible if somebody took advantage of that difference, essentially. Yeah. So, so the, yeah. So what they what they were actually doing is because they 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 call it fixing the bug. So they 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 call what they've done fixing it. But but the thing is, because they didn't tell anyone, um, and most people, or at least I don't want to say most people, but a lot of the important people, a lot of the important entities did not update. So that would be in Fiora, which which runs the infrastructure for tons of Ethereum apps and tons of exchanges too. And a lot of other people chose not to update their nodes just because in the past updates had um, bugs. So they were just, you know, because there was no critical updates announced, there was no critical bugs that they knew of. They said, okay, we're gonna stick with the old version until, you know, maybe next year we'll upgrade. There's no hurry. Um, and, um, and they did so, you know, it was a calculated decision. It wasn't, they weren't slacking off. It was a risk management thing. But then what, what that means is because the older, um, versions still have that bug, then they can be split off the network. And anyone who knows about the bug fix, which the Ethereum foundation knew about, but didn't tell anyone. So anyone who knows can use that knowledge in order to fork the network, to split the network, because now they know, <laughs> they know, they know who has the old versions. They know everything they need to do to really wreak havoc. Like really, it could could end really badly because, um, you know, it took a while. I think for it took a few blocks for people to realize what's going on and kind of stop deposits and whatever. But um, you could. You know, you could use that to deposit funds on one split fake chain 
and not deposit them on the real chain and then just run off with some money. You could do yeah. that. You could do a bunch of stuff. Um, so they just, so, what, what was the reasoning for not telling anybody? What was the reasoning for just leaving this? Like, it seems like, like setting up a trap for yourself and not letting anybody like just waiting for somebody to walk into it. And I just, yeah, I, <laughs> it's the, 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 really the amazing thing about it is that the way that the bug effectually eventually was triggered was that there was, at least that's the claim. There's this team that, that is building a layer two solution for Ethereum called Optimism. And they claim that they found the bug independently and they wanted to test it. So they tested it on production to see what, what will happen. <laughs> they oh just, my God. That's, that's what they, 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 that's like literally what their, their like explanation says is we, <laughs> we didn't know how it was going to act. So <laughs> we wanted to try and um, they do admit that it wasn't a good idea, <laughs> but I mean, it's shocking. It's shocking that, that it's like, what? You found that bug, so you wanted to test it in production? What, what are you talking about? This is insane. And those are people, those are like very trusted developers in the Ethereum community. So it's kind of shocking. Um, it sounds a whole so, lot like the parody bug when he was like, oops, I think I killed it. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it sounds exactly the same, but in the parody blog, you know, it was this anonymous thing. It was this nobody was who rando, knows who it really least. was. Yeah, and yeah, but it, but it seemed to have been this anonymous person. It, but here they like they're the most respected team, I think, in the in the layer two, or one of the most respected ones in the layer two team in Ethereum. They're like very. They used to be at least very respected, <laughs> and, and I just don't get it. I really don't get it. So it's, it almost seems like there's, you know, parts of this story that we don't know because I find it hard to believe that people are so dumb on both sides, both on, you know, the, the side that triggered it and the way that the Ethereum Foundation handled this for months. It's just really, I, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's just ridiculous. So basically, the, oh, sorry, sorry. They have the, the they have the postmodern that they posted on GitHub, and um, Greg Maxwell, um, who's a very early Bitcoin Core contributor, um, uh, he replied to that essentially because they they compared their um, reaction to things that people did on Bitcoin in the past, and he was kind of saying no, that's not at all what we were doing at Bitcoin, and he was saying you know. When we had, there, there are definitely bugs in the past that affected Bitcoin Core and um, were fixed um, without making an announcement because the idea was that if you're going to make the announcement, you might put people in risk and you want to wait until people upgrade. But they, they did a lot of things to mitigate that. So one thing they did is um, they would announce a fix for another smaller bug that they felt safe talking about and they urged everyone to upgrade um, because of the smaller bug, knowing that this is going to push the, the fix to the bigger bug um, and that people are going to upgrade because they know there's something going on, even without revealing the, the exact real serious bug. So that's one thing that they, they always do when they use that tactic. The other thing um, is that they try to first protect 
you know, first protect people who do not upgrade too. Um, and the way to do that is usually to make sure that, that, that miners don't even include transactions that can trigger the bug. So, so you, you essentially make transactions that can trigger the bug, you make them um, out of consensus basically. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that way, if enough miners upgrade, that's gonna protect people who don't upgrade. Mm -hmm. so, so those are two tactics that, that they use in Bitcoin and in Ethereum, they just didn't. They just didn't. <laughs> and, they, and it's really, it's really funny. They just, it looks like they just didn't think of the things that could happen. Like they did, that's what they say at least. And they present, you know, the postmortem says that, um, what's the wording that they use? Um, that, I, that it was the right call. <laughs> That they believe they made the right call, which Ooh. really, I mean, come on, you did not make. It's pretty clear that you didn't make the right call here. Um, you, it's it's maybe the right call to fix the bug without announcing it at first, maybe. But then you have to, you know, you have to take some precautions if you're going to do that because that's a risky thing to do. And they just didn't take any precautions whatsoever. And it's been like I don't know, four months, six months. I don't even remember the exact. But it's been a few months since they did that. And what, like, when were you planning on telling people? Like 2025? When's the Ethereum <laughs> 3.0 launches? When were you say. planning on telling people? <laughs> oh man, I don't know. It seems so know. crazy it was, it was that they crazy. like it's so it's so polar opposite. Like the thinking in Bitcoin is that like that no matter what like protect the like you said protect the old clients protect everybody make sure that this can't split the network that this can't cause huge infrastructure level problems because we want we want to stay in consensus we want to keep uh the same fundamental rules of bitcoin we don't want to be risking the money and again you know maybe this goes back to the very initial perspective difference of ETH is just there to make the blockchain work versus the blockchain is there to make Bitcoin work. Like just that difference yeah. in perspective is that we want to secure reliable, immutable money. And they're like, whatever the money is, just just throw some points out there so that we can have this really <laughs> slow, big, hulking database. Yeah. This is the future yeah, I databases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think... Um, I think, yeah, I think one difference that is um, a bit hard to spot is that with Bitcoin, um, you know, if something really goes wrong, like, um, you know, let's, there's, let's say there was an inflation bug and, and people were actually using, um, actually using the inflated coins before people caught it. And, and then, you know, it becomes a mess because what are you going to do? So you, some people are going to be out of money if you're going to fix that. And, that, and then, you know, you might end up, or maybe it's something even more complex than that. And you're going to end up with a few proposals for fixing it. And then you're going to have like two competing proposals for the fix. And that becomes like a political nightmare. Um, so I think they really want to avoid that. They really want to avoid a situation where, um, you know, where someone has to make like this political leadership decision because there really isn't anyone who can take it. Mm -hmm. And um, and then so then if something happens that requires this leadership position, then we're going to have a big problem on our hands and probably a few, uh, maybe, you know, 
few hard months in front of us. And on Ethereum though, you know, if there's a problem, if, if there's a bug, if there's whatever, if extra inflation, if there's like, really anything, um, then there is leadership that can take the decision. So it's not such a big deal. They just, you know, they're going to just decide what the fix is. Like they did in this uh, particular instance, they decided what the fix is. They didn't even see. <laughs> they didn't even think it's, Yeah, you don't even need to know. They, we decided for you and we decided you don't need to know and that's it. And um, so you really don't need, you don't need that. Um, so you don't need to be afraid of those big breaking bugs in Ethereum because it's pretty centralized and there's going to be, because there's going to be a fix and Vitalik is going to tell you what to do and it's going to be fine. So <laughs> in Vitalik, <laughs> we trust. Yeah. And to, you know, to his defense, he's really trying to take a step back. Like he, I don't think he said a single word about this thing. Um, I didn't see anything anyways. Oh, wow. um, he was really trying to stick to take a step back. But again, if, you know, if really shit hits the fan, and things really get bad, then I have no doubt that he will pick up the gauntlet and, and just go with the solution that he likes because that's going to fix the problem. So, so, so I guess, you know, I don't know if it's an adventure, advantage or a disadvantage, but it is what it is. So it's basically everybody, like the, the solution or the this is what you got to do um answer was just everybody to upgrade upgrade to the exact same client like to the same version of the same client yeah well i mean if you were in the other implementations you were fine because they didn't even have the bug in the okay. first place okay um but yeah if you're on the one of the people one of the everyone <laughs> that is using the, the Ethereum client then yeah you should upgrade to the latest one and you know it was uh, People caught the split early, relatively early. I don't think that, I think there are, there's a bunch of money lost, especially um, because Infura was down and some people were using Infura-based apps and they, you know, the, there was, uh, there, the, there's the Oracle stuff going on. There was a lot of like um, um, adjacent um, non, uh, you know, not, not tr transactional use cases that were affected. Um, so people lost. I saw, I think, I remember seeing like someone talking about um, a few dozen thousand dollars that were lost by some people on some project and maybe some others, but it's, you know, for Ethereum, that's nothing. You lose, yeah. you lose seven to eight figures every day. On, uh -huh. We're talking about tens, <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars, guys. Give me, get out of here with those peanuts. Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. That's just Ethereum. Yeah. Um, I think people are okay with it. I, it seems to be. It seems to be. I mean, you the, that was one of the things that you said in your, your pro Ethereum thread or whatever that I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> is that this is all priced in. Is that like everybody knows this is how Ethereum works. Um, and, you know, this has been going on for years. Like, like this is every single time they have some huge problem like this this is it's kind of reinforced that this is sort of the treatment or that things are going to get rolled back by the central group that controls it everybody's just going to do what they're told by the people in charge you know um that this is a highly centralized project and everybody kind of knows it and so 
when things like this happen, the price isn't going to jump because they're already expecting all of this. This is, a, this is an <laughs> yeah. eventuality, you know, like this is just yeah. going to happen at some point, which is hilarious in some respects, but then uh, just kind of fascinating in, in another yeah. way. So, Yeah, it is interesting. It's again, it's the, the, the very different perception that people have on the Ethereum side. Um, yeah. They don't expect it to be Bitcoin. I think, you know, it's, it's, um, I think it's pretty obvious at this point that Bitcoin and Ethereum aren't competitors, really. Yeah. Um, they're, they, they, what, what does happen is that you know, Ethereum marketing people often try to position Ethereum as a Bitcoin competitor just because Bitcoin has all of this mainstream interest that Ethereum doesn't. So they try to position it as, as a competitor, but um, it's really not, you know, it's really not doing the same thing. It's really not trying to do the same thing. It's completely different. Um, but you know, finally enough, like what what the Ethereum people will usually tell you? Well, yeah, Ethereum is not, it's not the same as Bitcoin. It's completely different. But you can build Bitcoin on top of Ethereum, so we don't need Bitcoin. <laughs> You're gonna <laughs> one day someone's just gonna migrate Bitcoin onto Ethereum. That's it. So Could yeah, that be I a mean, better fine. example of them not understanding how Bitcoin works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's more likely that someone is gonna migrate Bitcoin onto uh, Google Sheets. Yeah than to ethereum but uh I'm maybe gonna put bitcoin on top of the bank <laughs> and and it will be the same bitcoin well it, it will be cheaper and faster than ethereum though so i don't see why not but exactly. um <laughs> exactly and that's what wins but yeah if we're gonna migrate away then i don't think we're gonna choose ethereum <laughs> but fine <laughs> you know you could pick anything you could <laughs> but you're gonna go with ethereum i don't think so <laughs> But, Are we gonna? Yeah. How many stages of how many stages of Ethereum two are we gonna get? And uh, is this gonna keep happening? Like, is this like is this just gonna be like a regular occurrence during all of this? Um, what you mean like those bug things? Yeah, I'm just forks or the, and just I just can't imagine that, this, that these phases just don't have headache on top of headache on top of headache here um it's well it's again it's part of the marketing machine the, the phases have to be very big and disruptive that's kind of the point um that's again that's a very different thing from bitcoin but they kind of they want it to be this main event that everyone's going to talk about it's going to affect you and disrupt you and and so it's kind of designed to be that way yeah um it's kind of unbelievable because you know the point. What I find interesting in Bitcoin is, in, as 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 you know, as in money, is that I know, I know what it's going to be like in twenty years from now. I know yeah. what to expect. You, you can know? just, I, just that's, lay it out. You know exactly yeah. what's coming. Yeah. And that's what I. That's like if we didn't have that, I wouldn't be interested. That's the thing, because I, you know, I can buy stocks. I can buy bonds. I I don't need. Uh, uh, a blockchain-based penny stock. I have other penny stock. I don't need that. I get that it's cool, but I don't like. It's not particularly attractive. This, the thing that makes Bitcoin different than all of the other assets that existed before it is that you you know you know what's going to happen in 20 years, and they just threw that out of the window. Like you don't even know what's going to happen next month. You, I mean, you seriously don't know. I no one can tell you in the universe. Nobody can tell you what's the Ethereum inflation going to be in a month. Because they don't know if this 2.0 thing is going to 
uh, activate tomorrow or in in three months. No one knows. So <laughs> it's impossible to tell you. It's not even it's bigger than the supply gate thing now because it's that was like more of a technical thing of how are you how do you count? But now they literally don't know what the inflation rate is going to be in a month. So like, what's the point of the thing? <laughs> Lowest viable something. Don't you, don't you know? Oh yeah, the minimum viable inflation. That's just the a minimum, minimum viable inflation, which is a great yeah. way of saying nothing specific. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. I mean, isn't doesn't the dollar have minimum viable inflation? The, that's the that's the that's the point of everything. Yeah, and that That's right what, now it just happens to be six or seven trillion dollars a year. <laughs> That's the minimum viable one. That's the you know we 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 looked into it. There was the research. We have charts. That's the minimum the minimum minimum viable one right now. Unfortunately, the world is going to go to hell <laughs> if we don't do this right here. Yeah. Is so uh it's, yeah it's this. When is phase one, or is that even is that even no, there's no date. There's no, I there's would no, assume there's no date. Okay. Yeah, I would assume, and I'm not. I'm not being. Um, I'm not being adversarial now. I'm, I would assume two to three years at the minimum. Wow. Like I wouldn't expect any earlier than that. Is that any? Um, is that when like major code changes happen? See, that seems crazy. That phase zero. These people are just like signing <laughs> themselves up for this, like. <laughs> Well, as you can see, not a lot of people are signing up for that. It's That's actually very point. unattractive. That's a very good it's not point. a very good deal. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's going to be this thing where people are going to, um, there's going to be a lot of marketing involved. There, there already is. Like if you're looking at Ethereum influencers, then they're pushing this <laughs> stupid narrative that you should be validating your ethereum 2.0 node or whatever and get your coins and you need to buy 32 eth because you the minimum to stake is 32 eth and you need to do it now before it reaches like five thousand dollars per coin you can't afford it anymore <laughs> um that's just ridiculous really there's no like it's by the way this is I, I think an important thing to know if someone actually because look i don't i don't hold any grudge if someone is actually interested in, in Ethereum and just because here's the thing. Okay. This is an important thing to know in Ethereum, Ethereum holders. Um, really, if someone is an Ethereum holder today, um, you can assume that they're not very smart. Okay. Because you should have, <laughs> you should have sold in 2017, which is what a lot of smart Bitcoiners did. They invested in Ethereum early on and they sold in the, the around the top in 2017. So if you're still bag holding for years, then you just, you, you made a wrong turn, man. <laughs> so, so what that means is, now it's still worth a lot of money. So if someone bought, you know, if someone bought ETH in 2015, it's still worth a lot of money now. Um, just not as much as it could have, like about, uh, I don't know, 30 times less than it could have. I don't know. I don't know the, the exact numbers, but um, I'm, I'm probably exaggerating, probably more like 10 times less. Um, but so, it could have been worse, worth more. Um, so you made a mistake there. So what we have is we have a lot of rich people and they're not very smart <laughs> and they keep gambling their money. So if you know what you're doing, you, there are a lot of opportunities there for you to go, to, to go in and take their money, basically. And they keep creating those opportunities for you. So I have no grudge for people who 
find interest in looking at those opportunities and trying to take money away from ETH plebs, I think it's um, it's a very um, um, a virtuous thing to do. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And so if you're someone who's looking at Ethereum 2.0 and you're thinking, well, is there an opportunity there? Um, then I would just point out to you that the whole 32 ETH meme is just a meme. You don't need 32 ETH in order to stake. Um, you can buy as many ETH as you want and you, then you can just pull them. So there are a bunch of ways to pull them. You can pull them at an exchange or at some staking provider or there are probably gonna be like some smart contracts to do that as well. So there are multiple ways you can pull your ETH with other people's ETH and just stake that way. You don't actually have to own 32 of them if that's more than you can afford or whatever. Um, so just keep that in mind. Most of the memes around staking are just memes. Um, and if you wanna play, uh, if you wanna play the shitcoin casino, and you know, I kind of feel the same way. Like I don't really, like I just hate it when people are delusional or lie about why they're over there or like, I don't really care. Like I've, I've had, I've had a history of, you know, buying shit coins that I thought might go up for the next five days and then dumping them. Mm -hmm. Like I play a little bit of casino slots every once in a while. Um, <laughs> and so like, I don't have really anything against people personally, but I just think it's a terribly stupid thing to do. And I don't, I, I hate it when somebody goes in there delusional thinking like this thing's going to change the world. And I don't have one good piece of, and I've really tried. I have like, a, like, I really have not just totally passed this off as like all of these are shit coins or whatever. I really tried for a really long time. One of my original ideas of the show was I was going to go through like uh, with the crypto economy before it became Bitcoin audible was I was going to go through and I was going to like have audio for like a hundred white papers for the, you know, top coins or whatever, and really dig in to see if any of these things had something useful. I was really interested yeah. in Namecoin at the beginning. It seemed like yeah. oh, it would be great to have a decent. Yeah. And, but it just kept getting, it just seemed the longer, longer and longer that things went on it seems so obvious that all of the, the, the mindset of all of these things were totally backwards. And I don't know. I just don't, yeah. I just hate to see people get butt raped in these projects. <laughs> just, just have their money yeah. just stolen from them while they're squealing at me about how this is going to change the world. And I'm like, dude, there's not even that. It's so yeah. sad. It's so sad. I feel so bad for a lot of the people, but then they call me stupid and I'm like, man, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to help you. God. Yeah, people have to learn on their, I, you know, I think um, some of us have had it easy in a way because we, um, especially, you know, if we, if we joined the space before it really became like super commercialized in 2017, yeah. Then we had the chance to see, you know, to, to have a view that people today don't have. And um, yeah, I definitely benefited. It from was. That. Yeah, it used to be easier to look at Bitcoin and say, OK, Bitcoin is obviously like the, the thing and the rest of them are, eh, you know, it's most I'm interested. I'm going to look. I'm going to I'm going to be cautiously optimistic that that used to be easier now, like 
you're not even you're probably not going to even hear of Bitcoin first. Not well, I'm exaggerating, but but um, it's it's very possible that some marketer is going to get to you um, with some other coin before you really had the opportunity to learn about Bitcoin at all. Um, and then so they'll teach you about Bitcoin, and it'll be about how <laughs> low and expensive, so, yes. steam engine technology that it is. Yes, the MySpace of crypto. The pain, the pain is so real. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. So it's it's our, I I can you know I can understand the, and then you know we show up and we say well uh, it's it doesn't work it doesn't this and doesn't that and they don't you know they they don't have the tools to even understand what we're saying, so yeah. they're like okay this guy is just he's a hater or he's an idiot or whatever, and they, they use MetaMask it worked, they said some <laughs> yes. stuff and it was there. <laughs> I got my new token. Well, MetaMask stopped working when the whole split thing happened because. Oh no! Yeah, it just stopped working completely because the because MetaMask uses Infura and Infura was down. Now there are ways to use MetaMask with other providers, but you know, no one knows how (laughs) MetaMask works. (laughs) So. So, uh, so just you know, suddenly all of the apps (laughs) stopped working. You know, yeah. the decentralized apps, old stuff working. It's amazing how many things are like, I don't know of anything. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there are plenty of things, but I just know that the vast majority of it is so reliant on a couple of like main pieces of software. And then those few main pieces of software are all talking to Infura. Like it's, it's, it's amazing how much can go down and how quickly mm-hmm with just a few pins pulled out of the, out of the gears of the system. And yeah, oof, oof. It's just really, really lots of single points of failure from, yeah. from my perspective. And each, each of them is the single point of failure. Like it, it's like, it's like reverse multi-sig, you know, with multi-sig you have like, <laughs> you have the benefit of, of if a few of them go wrong, then you're still fine with, <laughs> With Ethereum, they keep adding on single points of failure. If any one of them goes goes down, then everything goes down. That's like, why are you doing this? This is just this is just bad. Like it's, it's like a fifteen to fifteen multi sig, and everybody and they're, they're distributed everywhere. We yeah, lose yeah. It's like it's, <laughs> it's like safer to use. Uh, any centralized service, it's literally safer because then only one person can fuck you. Now, in in most of you apps, you actually have like multiple parties who can can screw you over, each independently. Why would you? Why would you want that? That's. <laughs> but it is what it is. Well, maybe it is what it is. Well, at least optimism uh, may have like a bright, at least bright vision for the future, <laughs> whether or not they break it for everybody <laughs> else. They're going to break everything until there's nothing left to break, and then Ethereum will be resilient. That's the plan. We optimistically smashed the entire Ethereum <laughs> network. We're so sorry. Oh, They're really smart. They're like really a lot of like the smartest people in Ethereum are there, in my opinion. I don't understand. I really don't get how that happened. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What an interesting thing. You think we'll actually get Ethereum 2.0? What's your, what's your, if you had to bet, if you had to bet. Well, 
Yes, but maybe not in the way people think. The thing about um, Ethereum stuff is that um, you can always change what the words mean. So if if the current plan for Ethereum 2.0 doesn't work out, we can just call something else Ethereum 2.0. That's not a problem. You know, uh, DeFi. If you ask, if you looked at DeFi um, just six months ago, it was something completely different than what it is now. Completely different. It has absolutely nothing in common <laughs> with what it is now. Um, <laughs> but it didn't work out. And people didn't really use it. So now something else is DeFi. That's fine. <laughs> There's no problem. You just you just change what the words mean. Just get those get those real good solid buzzwords, and then we'll put whatever code <laughs> happens to work behind it. Yeah, I still can't get over that they called it a yellow paper. That's so. It just seems like it's like it's like a Bitcoin <laughs> white paper, except we peed on it. I. That just is a horrible color choice. Like, why would you do that? I think it's a technical term. I don't. I don't oh, know. Is it? Oh man, that's just Think a bad so. idea. I, that would at least make me feel better that they didn't come up with it, though. That would I would feel. A lot <laughs> if that was okay. No, I mean I think I think they didn't come up with it. I think it's I'm not sure. I think like maybe I'm wrong. I think that's what it means like the the the, the, the I'll, yellow I'll, paper is more. We'll give them the benefit I don't know. of the doubt. We'll give them yeah. the benefit of the doubt. You know, that I was five years ago, six years ago, whatever it was. <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, yeah, I think I think we pretty much covered. I think we've pretty much. We now know what Ethereum is. You now know what Ethereum is. is is a world <laughs> computer run by some dudes who uh, <laughs> will break it and won't tell you. Um, and tell but it's you, fine. They got you back. It's They'll okay. Fix it then. They'll fix it then, and they <laughs> made the right decision. Just uh, download whatever they send, whatever files they send you, and install it, and uh, you'll be good. You'll be good. <laughs> yep yep oh, man well dude uh uh i appreciate you coming on the show this has been this has been a blast um what you got to yep. show i'm sure you got some good stuff for the the shitcoin insider audience here well now that i'm no longer twitter i deleted my twitter account um i'm that out monster you monster yes so now that i'm no longer twitter i um I recommend everyone and anyone to keep following following my escapades on havefunstayingpoor.com. This is where I am right now. Sign up and you can see all my crap. Um, that's it. Do I get do I get most of that in the Pro Ethereum channel, or do I need to go to Have Fun Staying Poor? You know, it's a completely different. Pro Ethereum is for you know we have Ethereum whales there. We have you know the the top Ethereum investors. Are are subscribed to Pro Ethereum alerts, and they get all of the Pro Ethereum data. <laughs> so that's for that's for people who are Pro Ethereum. If you're not really into Ethereum, then uh, have fun staying poor.com. That's the place for you. All right, for, I got it. I just joined. I can't believe I didn't know about this one. I feel amazing. like I was out of the loop. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I had you on just so I could fix this. <laughs> amazing. All right, dude. Well, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give some hell to my co-host for uh, uh, apparently uh, maybe not waking up or just totally forgetting that it was today, <laughs> and uh, I'll bitch at him and uh, tell him about what a wonderful time we had, and uh, maybe yes. we can maybe we can do it again uh, in a, like three or four years when ETH 2.0 phase one uh, starts. <laughs> ETH, ETH phase zero point three. 
starts starts. We decided to stop if 2.0 and go straight to to X if X. I like that. I like that. It'd be like the X bots. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Dude. Yep. Cool. Okay, this was fun. Yeah, dude. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, dude. And uh, next time. Later. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I had an absolute blast. A huge thank you to Udi for coming on the show. Um, do not forget to check out HaveFunStayingPoor.com. Follow his Pro Ethereum channel on Telegram. And of course, do not follow him on social media because he is no longer there. But most importantly, don't forget to follow and subscribe to Shitcoin Insider. We have got a lot of great episodes on the horizon and my covert co-host will be returning. It's going to be amazing and you don't want to miss it. I can already smell it. I am Guy Swan and I'll catch you all on the next episode of Shitcoin Insider. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.